Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a widely recognized applied positive psychology coach, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in the fields of sustainable happiness, mindfulness, and integrated well-being. Let's get to it. Here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, broadcasting consciously prepared brain food from the beaches of Malibu, California. Each week, we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart. And this show is most definitely all about the heart. You know, each week I uh, do this show and I do a lot of talking. And one of the things that I have come to really learn about human happiness is when you ask somebody what it means to be happy, what they want most out of life and their relationships, they'll say, yes, I just want to be happy. I want to have peace. And then you ask them about their personal relationships and people will say, well, you know, I, I, I'd like to be heard and I'd like to be understood, which is what makes this show today so cool because we're talking about listening as love in action and what it means to have heartfelt communication in ways that you might not really even think of. And those ways may even be connecting with someone who is seemingly a stranger. My first guest is involved in probably one of the coolest projects I've seen in a while. His name is Benjamin Mathis. Benjamin is the founder of Urban Confessional, a free listening project. Benjamin started this as a way to challenge conventional actor training. Urban Confessional is a community of artists who believe people should be heard. Currently in over 25 countries around the world, their volunteers stand on street corners with signs that say, free listening. Benjamin has been an actor for over 20 years. On film, television, and stage, he has worked with artists such as Academy Award-winning director Clint Eastwood, Academy Award-winning actor Alan Arkin, Sam Raimi, Bradley Cooper, Andy Garcia, Chris Rock, and uh, producer Brian Grazier. Welcome, Benjamin. Thanks for joining us. Man, it is awesome to be here. And that introduction, what... What have I got to pay you for that? That was no, great. <laughs> no, that you know, that's the free love part, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. This is great. It is, and 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 I want I want to shut up and let you just get into the origins of Urban Confessional, and I'm going to do the listening. Okay, great. About four four and a half years ago, 
um, I was kind of in a place of personal personal turmoil and had gone through a divorce and had really found myself at, at, at a rock bottom. At the same time, I was working with a lot of actors and I was an actor myself and I run an acting studio in Los Angeles and I was looking for new ways to um, new ways for actors and artists of all kind to find a different level of um, personal, I don't know, uh, a, a new level of personal commitment in their work. And I wanted to bring service into the artistic process. At the same time, I wanted to bring service into my own healing process from my divorce. So um, I was literally crossing a street one day in North Hollywood and a homeless man asked me for money. And I said, I don't have any money, but I can pray with you. So mm-hmm. I did that. And I was, I've never done that before. And I was like, wow, that was really cool. <laughs> that was a really deep connection and a very vulnerable connection. And I thought, this is, this is the deal. Um, how can I, how can I do this with actors in some way? And so I thought free listening would be about as close to free praying as you could possibly get. So then we went out on the streets and we did free listening and, um, it just kind of blew up from there and, and, and it, it, it's kept going. It has a lot more to do, of course, than, uh, just with acting or artistry, but it, um, that's kind of where it started. That's, that's the community I live in and the community I have access to. And that's the community where we started. What's interesting about listening is because we all want to be heard and because we all have something to say, I think that's the the beginning common point. But for the listener, somebody who is willing to be quiet, show up and hold space for another person, I think um, I can confidently say from being part of uh, the Listening Post, which is a which is a Malibu community service project, that there is some exquisite magic that happens. Yeah, there really is. You know, I, I'm I'm currently in North Carolina, but I'm originally from Atlanta, and um, I'm I'm Southern. <laughs> and, and if you've ever been to the South, you've probably heard about Southern hospitality or something like that. And um, to me, what that means is hospitality. Is you know, when you came over to my mom's house and you showed up. You know, we, you you would come in whether our house was a mess or not. Now she'd always want it to be clean. You know, company's coming. We better clean up, kind of deal. But uh, if you just showed up, uh, you were welcome in, regardless of what our house looked like. And to me, um, there's something about this hospitality that we're doing when we can listen to people and we can allow them to be who they are in our presence, uh, without need to change them or correct them or fix them or adjust them and we can just allow them to march to the beat of whatever drummer they want to march to while they're with us. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty awesome offering to be able to, to hold that space for someone to be who they are. And, and to me, that's hospitality. And we can practice that all of the time. And, and so no matter what kind of condition I'm in, <laughs> I will let you into my space and you can be who you need to be in that space. And I can even love you on your terms. And we can, we can move forward like that. So take us through a listening session. I mean, there are people around the world that go out for these active listening um, programs. Mm -hmm. They're holding up the signs, as I mentioned, the free listening. How does it it work? Well, that's pretty much how it works. You know, I I like to say it ain't rocket surgery. You know, you you go and you, you make a sign and you make yourself available by holding up the sign. And people come almost immediately. They'll come right up to you. And they usually ask the same thing. They'll usually say, you know, what are you doing this for? And and we just say, we're doing it for you. And they go, no, really, what are you really doing this for? And we say, no, really, we're doing this for you. There's no catch. We're not recording it. 
Um, uh, there's no judgment. There's, there's nothing. We're not a part of a, uh, a church or a, uh, any project, like a scientific project. We're not doing research. We're not therapists. We're, we're really just regular people out there being there for you. And, and that's it. And what is the reaction on people's faces? Well, I see it's really great because sometimes they will come right up to you and speak. And a lot of times people just walk by and they give you like a head nod or a wave or a thumbs up. You know, you've kind of infected their day with this kind of uh, listening idea. And you can see it kind of go through their mind. And so whether or not they actually speak to you, 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 I mean, gosh, we, 20 smiles an hour, you know, you know, whatever. And people are walking by and they, they look at the sign and they think you're protesting or they think you're asking for something. And then they read the sign and they just have a moment of, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is wild, you know, and they, they give a smile. It, it, it disrupts their day in a beautiful way, whether they speak to you or not. We had a we did an interview uh, recently with a, a guy the, the name of the app is Verona and, the, and it was all about people from opposing sides of issues coming together to connect on uh, an app, a swipe app, to really get to know one another, you know, getting to learn opposing sides of an issue. And I see that while the listener is really just holding space, they're pretty much silent and nodding and having a certain presence with the one who is speaking. But the importance of listening to one another now, especially since we are such a divided country, scarily so, actually, mm-hmm. what makes this uber relevant today? Well, I think you, you're really bringing up a good point. And in, you know, especially here with the political climate that we're in, and actually I've partnered up with two other unbelievable listening organizations, Listen First Project uh, out in North Carolina and the Listening Center based in Long Beach. And we are going to bring free listening to the Republican and the Democrat national conventions. So I'm going to be in Cleveland in a couple of weeks. And then we've got volunteers in Philly. And, and the, you know, one of my favorite playwrights, Lanford Wilson, said that we've mastered half the art of communication. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. I'm like, you're right. We're all pretty good at the talking part. And nowadays, nowadays it's great. I, I really love the fact that today, Everyone has a platform to speak their mind, and, and I think that's a great thing, um, but I, I think it's contributing to this imbalance. We're, we're hearing a lot of people say things, and we're hearing a lot of opinions, which is great, but I don't think we are consciously activating this listening thing. And so um, a lot of the tone of the conversation around things we disagree about become more about yelling and, and disagreeing and responding to convince others to change their mind. And we don't make room for the listening. Um, and, and for me, the, the key is, is to hear the person before you hear the opinion. And if you can do that, then, you know, the opinion is just a thought that can change and it matters and it, it might guide the way you live your life, but it isn't who you are in many ways, I believe. Um, and so I've had friends say, you know, I would never marry a Republican or I would never, I can never be friends with a Democrat. And I'm just thinking, well, you're, you're, you're missing a lot of the beauty of life because that's not all that they are. Those are just opinions and beliefs they have right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to just go back to ask you about the Republican and Democratic national conventions and bringing listening 
to these arenas because I think this is fascinating. I mean, what you have in these divided parties is a lot of a lot of passion, you know. And this is where I think we're missing the boat with this. When people get fired up about an issue, it's actually um, coming from a place of powerful passion, of of creative energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It really is, and it's it's. I love being around people who are passionate about anything because that speaks to their humanity. It speaks to their creativity. Like you said, it speaks to their heart and their willingness to love and invest. And I just feel like if we're listening to that passion and if the passionate can listen from their passion, we can really complete a cycle here and we can love people for the passion they have and respect them for the opinion. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, I'd love to talk more about your plans at these uh, national conventions. But before we go out, I want to give the contact information to learn more about Benjamin Mathis and his work with Urban Confessional. Please visit urbanconfessional.org. On Facebook, that page is Urban Confessional. And on Twitter, the handle is at UC Free Listening. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back, and that's a promise. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on T-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Kamen has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are talking about the power of listening. We're talking about the Urban Confessional with Benjamin Mathis. And Benjamin um, has a project that he started about four and a half years ago that uh, involves community listening, going out into the community, holding up a sign that says free listening, which is an invitation for our fellow humankind to be 
heard. And Benjamin, prior to the break, we were talking about you taking this on the road to the Republican and Democratic National Conventions. What's in store? What do you have in mind? I have no idea. And, <laughs> and I think that that probably aligns me with the parties themselves. So, you know. We'll yeah, right. That. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I, I know that I'm showing up in Cleveland. Um, I'm, I'm bringing a friend with me and we're going to try to document some of our experience and find out what happens. But um, I, I've never even been to Cleveland before. And I do have some volunteers who are going to meet me there. So I'm, I'm hoping that one of them knows how to get around the city. But uh for me, my, my favorite quote about listening really it says uh, – by David Osberg, it says that being heard is so close to being loved that most people can't tell the difference. And in this space, uh, you know, we're, we will likely have people voicing their opinions and their thoughts very loudly and, and yelling at each other possibly. Um, I hope that we can be uh, a presence of love and a presence of listening and actually take in what it is that they're saying. I think people protest because they don't feel like they're being heard. And we'd like to very actively be there and hear what it is they're saying. And maybe even see if the protesters will be willing to hold the free listening sign and find out what happens if we can do that. So um, that would be wild. Um, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but that's kind of like a, a little little idea I have that, that would be really cool. And if we can't bring two, two sides together and let them speak and let them hear each other. I think, how do we get a Republican and a Democrat to love each other? We, we can start with getting them to listen to each other. Yeah. yeah. And when we listen, we see how much more we have in common than our differences. We really do. And I, I think all that would do is change the world. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Just a tiny that's little all. thing. And, Just a little thing. <laughs> and that's been my experience. I mean, I, I listen professionally every day. I listen to clients. I listen when I'm on the radio. But when I go out and do the community-based listening, the non-fee-based listening is what, what we call it at the Listening Post, I am fascinated by the stories that people tell. And we go out um, in, in, in our community, we go to the farmer's market where we tend to see a lot of homeless veterans come out to be heard. And sometimes they just want to sit and, and have that, it's really communing. It's, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of just communing. Mm -hmm. I, sometimes I don't, some, I, I always call it free listening, but sometimes I clarify and I say it's free withing somebody, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm free with, withing, withing, free withing. yes, yeah. W-I-T-H-I-N-G, withing, withing. Yeah. Um, because really that is what we're doing. And, and we try to approach it in kind of an 80, 20, Split so it's eighty percent the speaker, twenty percent the listener responding and responding with questions or um, some some sort of feedback to keep the listener uh, to keep the speaker speaking to show our interest in what it is they're saying and but ultimately it is about maintaining a type of presence and so the you, you know when we we're in that presence that's to me that's where that communion happens that kind of cycle between two people and you you have something really impactful and and when someone is really in need and they can experience that communion, they usually leave feeling loved. Uh, and, and this is where listening and loving are so closely joined that most people can't tell the difference. And, you know, that David Augsburg, Augsburg is it Augsburger or Augsburger? Quote. I think it's Augsburger. Yes, that quote. I remember I wrote, I wrote a course actually on um, – I, I 
how to train people to do the active listening. And that was the quote that I picked as the uh, introductory to this little program because I felt it was so powerful. You know, when you talk about those three little words, I love you, well, I hear you, which is the response of an active listener. Right, right. It's the same. I hear you. I really hear you. Yeah, it's a powerful thing. One of the the first day that we did it in 2012, we had a lady come up. There was three of us listening, I think, and we had a lady come up, and she was probably in her mid to late 40s, and she came up and she read our sign and she said, "Free listening," and she kind of rolled her eyes. She said, "Why would you listen to me? Nobody's listened to me for 20 years." And she <laughs> just walked. It. She just walked off, and I thought, "Oh wow, <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing here." That's it. That's what we're doing here. It's a. It's. It's just, I hear you. And, we, and listeners want to hear. Yes, absolutely. Um, one of, in fact, one of, the things we, one of the things about our organization that we do is that we are very passive. We do not ask people to come speak to us in any way. And that, that's on purpose. Uh, I, I, I like it when someone comes up of their own, for, you know, they, they come up and, and they want to speak of their own will. Um, and one of the things you go through as a listener sometimes, especially a new listener, is this desire for someone to come up and speak to you. You know, you're like, come talk to me. And so sometimes the person holding the sign goes through this whole cycle of nobody's talking to me. This, this is awful. You know, this yeah. is, I'm lonely. Why don't you come talk to me? And kind of getting through that cycle to get your own stuff out of the way. And then it very, it almost always happens that as soon as the the listener gets past all that kind of self-conscious, nobody's coming to me. As soon as that kind of dust settles, someone approaches. And, and then that communion can happen. And it's, it's a pretty cool experience. There's infinite lessons. Oh, indeed. And that's what I wanted to ask you next. Are the, lis- the lessons in humility of a listener? Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's, I think it's some, one of the... the 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 most difficult practices, most difficult lessons for me personally, but also maybe for many of us, because when you're actually listening to somebody, you you really are putting them ahead of you, really, in a real way. And if you're listening to understand instead of listening to respond, you're you're really putting their their thoughts and their feelings and their experiences and your interest in them as ahead of it. So, you know, you're paying attention and you're not you're not trying to be interesting. It, it, for that moment, um, there's a real self-forgetfulness that happens, and there's a lot of peace in that. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of comfort in that level of humility, and it's something you have to practice, in, in my experience. It's not always something that just comes naturally. It's something you have to actively engage, and it's an unbelievably peaceful, uh, powerful place to be. You say something very important about the powerful, peaceful place to be, that when we are in this place of active listening, we are completely mindful of the present moment. We're not, our, our minds aren't running to a response to what the other is, is going to say, or we think they're going to say. It's really about being this vessel, you know, sort of holding that moment for the other person to go, to be authentic, to shine, to share. And we're neutral. The listener is neutral and, and, and fully present. Right. And, and I would just clarify that a little bit. I'd say we're, we're neutral of judgment or neutral of opinion, of course, but like you said, fully present with them. And 
the only reason I clarify that is because some somebody asked me once, are we just like a brick wall standing there? And being oh, and no. Like, no. Not at all. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no. Not at all, you know. Um, it, but you're 100% correct. That's, that's, that's it. And that level of presence, when you're, when you're really listening to somebody, this is where I find it has so many applications to artistry and acting. And of course, to anything that we're doing, it doesn't matter um, how it manifests. You could be middle management in a big corporation and this level of presence will, will help that uh, experience. But for, for me, for the acting space and in, in art, that level of presence and accessing it through listening and through ultimate presence and through withing somebody and being that present with them really is the key to to all acting technique, all art technique, and uh, so that's that's really where all of this comes together for us. Is that you have to get everything out of the way if you're going to really listen and be present to somebody, and that's a great practice. And I want to add what this has to do with happiness because I want to tie it back to the science of positive psychology and the science of happiness in that when we are in this space where we're showing up in loving kindness and service for another person, the brain actually starts releasing hormones and chemicals that give us the helper's high. You know, that it's put is positively good for us when we do something positively good for another. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That sounds awesome. You know way more about that than me. I'm just addicted. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you know what? You've had the, uh, you get the dopamine and the oxytocin rush. Oxytocin uh-huh. is the bonding hormone that is released when we're in that deep, connected state. Wow. So cool. I mean, it's the, it's the biology of, of, of pleasure. And we're really talking about pleasure outside of, you know, carnal lust and, and, and hedonism. This is the, yeah. the, fu- yeah. the fundamental pleasures of the human spirit when we connect with one another. We are almost out of time. And I want to get on to all the countries that Urban Confessional is touching. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, just recently, we, we've had some uh, new volunteers from places. Some are from Lebanon, someone from Egypt. We just had someone post from Taiwan, uh, Thailand, Japan, China. We've been our website's been banned in China, which is pretty cool. How um, exciting! Congratulations! Cool, right, <laughs> I'll take that as a badge of honor. Yeah. Um, Ecuador, Chile, Peru, Colombia, Brazil, Canada, United States. Lots of volunteers in Mexico, Costa Rica. Uh, England, Ireland, Scotland, a huge, a huge uh, volunteer base in Spain. Um, gosh, I'm just kind of India. We've got people in India, Australia. So you know, it's 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 really spread. I think this is a very universal message, and it's been really exciting to see everyone embrace it. Well, a continued luck on expanding Urban Confessional. If we can support you over here in any way, happy to do so. I I think what you're doing is Amazing. I get it. And, you know, I I challenge each one of our listeners to go out into the world over the next day or so or any day and find a way to engage with somebody that you don't know and just show up and listen. Look at them through the, the eyes of love and see what happens to them and see what happens to you, because it is it is life changing. That's right. And it's not something you have to be trained to do necessarily. You you know how to. You just have to remember how to. Yeah. Sometimes you well, can go do it. 
We, anybody can do it. And it, it does require a little practice because we are advice givers, us humans, by nature. We, we want to fix things, right? And That's listening right. is the opposite of that. Um, I want right. to just give our contact information to get to you. To reach Benjamin Mathis, please visit urbanconfessional.org. On Facebook, that page is Urban Confessional. And on Twitter, the handle is at UC free listening. And you don't need much to get this going in your area. Just assign a willing heart and mind and to say free listening. So Benjamin, thank you so much for being with us. Please continue to be in touch and update us so we can support you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, pleasure. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress Cayman has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we are continuing the conversation about the exquisite magic of feeling seen, heard, and understood. And my next guest has been practicing this for many years. Nick Askew is an Englishman living in the USA with his wife, Caroline, and his five children, including the dog and cat, which he counts as part of his kids. Nick is a filmmaker, poet, and speaker who travels the world helping foundations articulate their courageous pathfinding notions. Organizations find and reveal their soul, and most importantly, Human beings express the emotion of their pain, their joy, and much in between. Nick has set out to capture the soul of this human race on film in all of its shades from all four corners so that we might see ourselves reflected in each other. Welcome, Nick. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. I feel exhausted after that description. I'm going to have to take it down off the site. No, <laughs> it's like, no, really, I, I would rather just be called, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'm exhausted. I, and actually, I think uh, it's all changing anyway. I, I always thought I was a filmmaker and then I suddenly realized over the last kind of six months or so that it's nothing to do with that. Um, not really. Um, I don't, I was, I've just come back from a, 
uh, a tour, a tour sounds really fancy, but I took my family along a, a kind of film tour of the West Coast from Seattle up into Canada, British Columbia. And I was at dinner with this, this guy called Professor Rupert Sheldrake. It's a great name, but he's already, uh, I think he's a bit of a pariah in the scientific community um, because of his out there thinking. And he turned to me in front of everyone. He said, I, I think you might be an itinerant confessor. Ah. <laughs> and <laughs> so, of course, I was very rude back. But I was kind of thinking about it. It's like, well, yeah, itinerant, because I wander around with my camera and stuff. Confessor, certainly not in any religious sense, and certainly not in any sense that there has ever been any sin committed, which I think is probably, you know, part of uh, its meaning in the modern context of the last, the last thousand years or so. But certainly... Sitting there witnessing people was probably a thing, but I quite like the description, itinerant confessor. So maybe my site should just simply have something along those lines. Oh, the, the uh, itinerant confessor, uh, <laughs> ultimate witness. I think yeah. ultimate witness is definitely part of what you do, and human portrait artist. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. So I don't suppose you saw this week's film, did you? I have not. This this week's film, and I want to say, Nick makes these exquisite films that come into my inbox and can come into yours every Monday. And I, 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 I'm eager to, to watch them every week because they're in black and white and they capture the essence of the human soul, I think. Talk a little bit about this week's portrait. Okay. Well, um, so I thought I was a filmmaker, so I trotted off around the world and I made these films, but there's a joke out your way in Hollywood, L.A., uh, that, so people keep coming up to me whenever I go out and screen stuff out there. They go, well, Nick, couldn't you like put an explosion in or an animation or something? And, you know, the joke being that my films are not really films, they're human portraits. In other words, they have just one frame and it doesn't even include the whole head. It's like from like just underneath the chin to half, three quarters of the way up the top of the head. So just above the eyes. So you're really, really close. And when I... Um, witness someone with the camera I'm really really close I'm about a meter away um, and so I would trot off around the world and you know I'm patronized or commissioned or whatever and that's that's all very nice and I would make films about subjects often but really what I'm not what I'm doing is not making a film about a subject because at the heart of all of it is this what can best be described as witnessing yeah and witnessing is is the most extraordinarily subtle thing. And I've come to understand this because I've spent so long doing it. And then I've had my attention drawn to it so much recently anyway, because I, I've started to, well, not teach it, but film in groups. So I often film in groups of anywhere between about six, seven people and I don't know, did 250 in a movie theater the other day. So you can imagine someone brave enough to step up. Uh, well, I'll talk about the, the, um, the, the film this week, which ended up as the most beautifully sublime articulation or the visceral experience of depression, mm. which sounds an awful thing, especially on a radio show with happiness in the title. Um, kind of absurd, really, isn't it? But, but it was... Uh, it's amazing. So this is what happened. We were filming, 
uh, a bunch of people. So there's a whole bunch of people on a, a farm in England, which is the kind of center in, in Europe for this thing. And then something strange happens and I look behind me and our chef is there and she's been with us a while and she's quite extraordinary and everyone knows it. And I think I might have said, I think it might be your turn. And she says, yes, I think it is. And she kind of is drawn towards the chair and she sits in this chair and there's a whole bunch of people in, in this uh, room that we're filming in. And, you know, I have my camera there. It's not a big setup. There's no crew. It's just me, a camera, a window for the light. Um, and Caroline is sitting there. And we're about a metre apart, which is close. Um, maybe it's a metre 25. I find when you go further away, this just kind of fades away, This the human soul turning up. And then what happened happened. And what happened was I witnessed Caroline, as did everyone else in the room, and now as does everyone else who has the chance to see this film. And it's about as raw as a human being can get, you know, metaphorically stripped totally naked. And out comes this immense um, articulation of of depression, of the weight, the sheer weight and terror of depression and the ability to live alongside of it by being kind to oneself and not fighting it, which I think a lot of people, you know, people are fighting for happiness all the time and it's a constant battle. Whereas to me, I mean, I'm not an expert, but to me it would seem uh, all the emotions that, run through our every day, you know, be it happiness or, or, or its opposite, you know, desolation, uh, are just things that happen. And to accept them in, in like waves would be a much more useful thing rather than to attach to it as an identity to say, I'm a happy person or I'm a desolate person or I'm a depressed person. Just let mm. these things happen. And, uh, and the film is called, uh, end up being called In the Fields or The Fields of Kindness because that's what she described this place she came to when she finally gave up because there was no other option. It was death, it was death or giving up. And, mm. and so if we then examine, you know, because people always want to say, you know, when I'm teaching them, for example, you know, how to use the camera, which is really just the metaphor. It's not that, um, people say, well, what are you doing? In fact, one guy once, who's a filmmaker, who's just going, Nick, I, I've been looking at you for three days. What are you doing? Uh, going, you just asked the very wrong question. You forgot to ask me what I'm not doing. And I think the mm. art of witnessing is entirely that. So if you can imagine, you know, say you and I were sitting across from each other and we go in to make a film about, I don't know, happiness. That's not witnessing that has an intention, that has direction, that has an end result, that has a purpose, that's not witnessing. Witnessing is the absence of everything. So physically, it looks still. So there I am, there you are. I am utterly, utterly still. It's almost like I, the, the witness, myself, disappears. Um, 
there is no agreement uh, that, with you. There is no, there's nothing for you to look towards for, um, to, 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 for, to, for, there's no one there to agree with you, etc. So in the space between us, there is no need. Um, suddenly the, the need's removed. I don't need you to be anything because what I see is as it is. It's not, it couldn't be any different. I have no need for you to be happy or for be sad or to make a good film or, or for it to be anything in particular. What is in front of me is enough. It always was. Uh. And not as a concept, as a reality. It's like, well, there you are. And here we are. And there is nothing else. And then... Uh, and there's no opinion. There's no opinion of well, what you should be, uh, work that's gone past and stuff. And and slowly this space dissolves, and 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 there you are witnessed. And what comes out is very very different in tone to what perhaps comes out a lot of the time. You know, myself included. You know, here we are. I'm talking about something because I essentially am trying to describe something to you. But what I'm talking about is when the true space exists and it's almost space in which you're not even there it's almost like you're grabbing from this your words from the sky and if you say something then that's all good and well and if you say absolutely nothing then that's all good and well as well so w witnessing is very it's very different not true i, I think to, to any kind of conversation any kind of direction of any sort you know, I, I'm listening to your words. My eyes are closed and I am nodding so gently as you describe what you've just said. And it is this, this, this space of um, sacred space holding I, I, as what comes to my head, you know, in my mind. What you are speaking of is this sacred connection that allows the space for the soul to be revealed. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, you know, I. The more I, the more, the more I, head down this path, which seems kind of inevitable. Um, the more I realize you can't even put words to it, and, and, like so most most of my filming now, is quite bizarre in in one fashion. It, it contains nothing. Like, it's, like most of the time, I say nothing, and that, and I can't even describe it. And I just kind of look, and it's like there's a seeing straight into something. Oh, I don't know. Magical. Eternal. Yeah, <laughs> Eternal. It's, it's, I can't describe it, but it, it changes everything, and it takes no time. It's. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on toginet.com. Like us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and on Twitter at HH Talk Radio. Lisa returns with more of Harvesting Happiness following this short break. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free 
combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming. Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. I've been exploring Nick's work for many years, and I find that his films, words, images, observations, and unprotected conversations highlight the many elements of our lives, our work, and society at an unusual depth. And in doing so, his work opens our eyes to what people and organizations might become, to what we might become. And here's the continuation of my conversation with Nick Askew of Soul Biographies. I filmed in Canada the other day and you know, and, and so there's a whole bunch of people in a in a little theater and I've got it set up so we get the uh the camera image is through the movie theater screen. So everyone is drawn into this huge image of the, wow. of the human face. It's quite I don't know, it does something alchemical with the audience. And so you're really drawn in. And and so I was looking for a you know, I call him a victim as a joke, but it's not a victim <laughs> at all. Uh, but there is nowhere to hide, you know, the, and people have to understand that. So my instruction at the beginning was, look, what, what I'm looking for is someone to sit here, and I don't know who it's going to be, um, but this is how I imagine you will probably feel. It won't be, I've got something to say to the world, and I'd really like to get up there and say it. That's not it, because that's talking at the world. That's trying to convince the world of something that's what we mainly do what i'm looking for and this seems to work all the time is someone who is being drawn out of their chair and they're desperately trying not to go like they're they're physically trying to remain in their chair but somehow something is pulling them out and there's always people like that always and so someone would get up and then you know in this particular filming Within 20 seconds, this person's face just changes. And the tone of voice and everything that comes thereafter is quite extraordinary. It's it's witnessing. It's like suddenly there's this space for not the usual words that create one's identity in the world, creates a place, you know, it creates this persona which can now belong to the world. There is no belonging because there's, you, you do just belong. There's, there is no condition. This is totally unconditional. And once the relief of that is realized, then what is deep down can actually come out. That's what I think is happening. It might be wrong, but that's, that's the experience of it. 
and the more and more I do this, that's 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 what it's all about. The the, the filming bit. Well, and I've watched your films for years. I mean, you and I have a uh, a virtual history that goes back we many years. We yeah. were laughing about it before we started the show, and I've seen the evolution. You know, in the films, in a certain, I believe they've gotten shorter and shorter over the years, and more <laughs> yeah. powerful and pungent. You know, like just boom. The one I'm thinking of um, was a few weeks ago. You had captured a man who was talking about his wife. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Well, of course you remember it. You made it. Well, of course. I, you can't, <laughs> well, look, Lisa, here's the thing. When you see someone, I mean, really see, like deep into someone, you can never forget. You can't unsee it. <laughs> so, yes, I can't I remember. unsee it. I've watched it probably half a dozen times. Well, yeah. Well, here's the thing. With Nig- Nigel's his name, and he, I, don't, I didn't even tell the story of this underneath the film or anything, but, you know, it was a, a, another... It was a, it was a day in England where there were I don't know maybe twenty five people in the room and I was looking for a volunteer and I don't know uh, he, he ended up in the chair, attempting to articulate the notion the the nature of love, because that was at the core of his work love in in the workplace was the core of his work, and so my job is to witness. And so my job is to have nothing to say. There is never any preparation. One can't do that. As soon as you you prepare, you're directing. And so there he is, and he's struggling, and he's struggling, and he's struggling. Um, And it's just frustration coming out. And, you know, we all get a sense. Everyone in the room gets a sense of why the frustration's there. And so I'm simply paying attention to nothing in particular, you know, the ether, if you like, and suddenly I get this idea that I should whisper something in his ear. And so I did. And his wife was sitting in the room. Um, and my, my sense was I should ask him what he felt about his wife. And it totally and utterly floors him. And he just sits there. And then that next 90 seconds is the film. Yeah. It's that simple. And the what, what he... Um, sorry, we've got some kind of bell going off. Um, what what uh, what have you know? What what it is 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 the it's not the articulation of love. It's the very experience of deep love, like unconditional love, and it's told partly in the words that he says, and there aren't many words, but mostly in between those words with the very his breathing, his, his everything. His face is the lot. His body. His, yeah, everything. And that's it. So, you know, what I, I guess that tells me, certainly I, don't, I can't say us, uh, is that um, when we're with someone, we focus on what comes out of their mouth in the form of words, and we miss what's really being said. You know what, and so to experience someone is 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 multidimensional. It's like you can sit with someone and really, you can see it all if you just paid attention. And I think what that ninety seconds does is pays attention to someone. And you know, in the old days, if I'd gone in with the notion of making a uh, a film on the nature of love. God, I would have put a lot of words in it and explanations and look for st- stories and all that kind of stuff. 
but I think realizing perhaps what's really going on, uh, just to set myself free to turn up and just witness the world as it is and give this space in which what has what hasn't come out to come out is is amazing and you can make extraordinary stuff with it and what is extraordinary about your work is in addition to its heart and soul and raw beauty is how it is being used you know going into corporations and organizations to help express or articulate its essence yeah you, you know i do i i i mean i've been in business and i've run a you know a fairly large company and stuff i had, don't think i was particularly good at it um it wasn't really me but i did it i understand that world um and I do understand that underneath it all, when like the causes of all the things that are seemingly wrong in the world, and I'm not saying they are wrong, they just seem like they're wrong. Like if you're running an organization and it's not, I don't know, it's not quite performing like you think it is, you know, profit or non-profit, it doesn't really matter. Organizations are just groups of people trying to do something together. Um, you know, we, we, we try to fix it. That's, you know, that's what we're trying to do. But the causes of everything lie far deeper than we could possibly imagine. And so we, it's almost like we're scrabbling around on the surface. And so to, to spend or to give one's sense, self the chance, the ability to just stop and drop down to where the causes of it all are, which are very tremendously deep would seem like a good thing. And so it takes people by total surprise often because, you know, people are so sure about their purpose and their mission in the world. But almost with no words, one can be um, almost catapulted into a space where suddenly you just, you don't know. And from that don't knowing comes something very profound. And you realize that, you know, the path you're going down or the way you're going about it is just not right. Or it, it could be different. And I think that's, a, you know, that's a, an amazing, amazing experience to go through. I like doing that. Um, I, I want to just jump in here and, and add, let me be your champion and cheerleader in this way, that you are now offering intensive workshops for anybody who wants to learn this way of, I think it's a way of being. I don't think it's a, yeah, it's a technique it, for making art. It's a way of being, yeah. and that's the portal. Yeah, I, you know, I started out, it started by accident because I couldn't film enough people because I didn't have enough time, so I got them together. And, and to be honest, it's kind of been focused on, well, let's teach someone the method of using the camera. And there's lots of people who can, you know, the, the, the entire industries that require full attention and presence, you know, be it psychotherapy or coaching or working in business, to be honest, um, all sorts. But what I've realized is I'm going to, I'm going to section it off. So, I mean, I have a lot of people who go through that thing. So we get together and get totally and utterly lost for four or five days and absorbed in everything that kind of 16 hours a day. 
uh, in fact, I've got to have someone there to tell me to stop and because um, I'd go forever. But, you know, people tend, generally, it's pretty intense. Uh, people need breaks and stuff. So uh, I'm not good at stopping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have someone who's going, I think everyone's about to fall over, you know. So, um, <laughs> but, but so there's that. And, but what I realized was, not everyone needs that. Not everyone needs to understand, you know, that the camera has a part to play in this. Sometimes people might just like the experience of being truly seen. You know, like 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 you can't really describe, or what, or perhaps yeah. like I'm attempting to describe here, to actually sit in a place where immediately, with no condition at all, you belong. Uh, there is no condition and that's really I think what it's about because when one realizes that you know I realize that then everything is different yet nothing is physically different it's um, yeah no I was just gonna add I'm sorry to jump in we we are actually out out of time which is unbelievable and so that means you'll have to come back but I wanted to just highlight one thing what what I hear you saying is that really it, it it is that unconditional positive regard for another that comes to light. I see you. I hear you. I understand. Yeah, although it's not, yeah, positive, I guess, positive. But there's this, look, so if I'm with you, whatever comes, comes. And if it's desolation or despair, then that's what it is. I, I would not react to that. There, here we are. It's, I won't say it's perfect. It's just what it is. And so there's no need to fight it. Because as soon as I want vicariously for you, you know, all in the service of a good life, I want you to be happy, I'm going to be directing the experience and I'm immediately holding the notion that this is not good enough. Like, here we are, and you're sad, and I want you to be happy. There's, and so one steps through the world fighting, you know, nonstop. And I think what generally happens is things come in waves and we're not in control. We think we are. We're constantly, you know, trying to control all of this. Need some kind of certainty that we're going to be happy or we're going to be successful in the eyes of other people and stuff. We're just not in control. And more and more as I do this, and I use less and less words, not that you'd know it from this, this segment, <laughs> would you? It's like, no, no, no. I, 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 well, I love that you're using words in this segment. It's really helpful. <laughs> but, I know. There's a part for words. But when I had the camera out, strangely enough, I'd say, you know, I'll often sit there for an hour and say not a single word because yeah. uh, I think that's the, the, the point. That is, the, that, is, that is the point. But, you know, I want to just go back to something you said about wanting each other to be happy in the unconditional positive regard. And then we do need to wrap. And that is that in all the years I've been doing what I do, and I do sit with people in the dark nights of their soul, I have come to realize that there is and can be an exquisite beauty in that suffering. Oh, yeah. Oh, go go watch this kindness, for this um, in the fields of kindness. I am it's going exquisitely to. beautiful. I am going there. And I just hadn't had a chance. <laughs> I watch every week. And I, um, oh, excellent. 
I, I and this has been for many years, and I and I love your work. But we are going to need to wrap, and I want to give ah, the, okay. the uh, contact information. And I would love for you to come back because there's yeah, yeah. more, there's more yeah. to say. To learn more about Nick Askew and his work, please visit nickaskew.com. On Facebook, the page is Nick Period Askew, and on Twitter, the handle is at Nick Askew. And the and the his work is also called Soul Biographies, and I want to give that name as well because you can Google that. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Thank oh, you. I, I, bet, I, bet, I better just say one thing. Okay, better, better. I'm, I'm Nick without a K. <laughs> There's oh, no yes. K in Nick. N-I-C-A-S-K-E-W. A-S-K-E-W. Or you could just put in Soul Biographies, but then uh, it is S-O-U-L and not S-O-L-E. It's not about fish. But I did register that name just in case because – People were trying to Google S-O-L-E biographies at one time. How funny. No, this is yeah. all about the, the heart and the soul. Yeah. Here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. It simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my guest today, Nick Askew and Ben Mathis, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is produced in collaboration with TogiNet and KBUU and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange. Go out and rock your day. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new broadcast and continue to harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with hundreds of free downloadable podcasts from our libraries on iTunes and SoundCloud. To learn more about Lisa's global practice as an applied positive psychology coach specializing in lifestyle management as well as addiction and trauma recovery services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness.